0: All right, it's time for us to go ahead and get started tonight, if we can, please. Weather's not very delightful out tonight, but it's nice in here, and uh, we are glad that you've chosen to come, and uh, we appreciate you making that decision, and we're especially honored to have some visitors with us. We love guests here at Boonville and uh, please know that we are very grateful you're here, and I hope you'll give us a chance to, to say hello to you before you leave tonight. I do hope that you'll get one of the bulletins that are located uh, somewhere around here, several places. Be sure and pick up one of those bulletins uh, so that you can have the updates on the sick and so forth. Just got some good news from uh, Sister Martha Eaton. She went back to the doctor and the doctor gave her the all clear. It's, she said her bone has healed. And that's wonderful news. That's just fantastic. And I know she's happy tonight as well. Still sore, probably be that way, but uh, she knows it's healed. And uh, we are thankful for that. Uh, things that we need to emphasize tonight uh, regarding our youth group. Fruit Basket Day is the 16th. Uh, the Progressive Dinners on the 18th. Also, please check the bulletin for information about CYC and uh, EYC, Uh, so please do that. Also, SALT Team 2 continues to have their collection box. Uh, That's gonna be given out at the closed closet. Uh, That box is in the foyer and you can have the information about that in the bulletin. Don't forget the memorials and honorariums. And if you wanna honor a loved one during the holiday season with a contribution to one of our ministries, there are forms in the foyer. And uh, Jimmy says these need to be turned in by the office tomorrow, if possible, because she's going to be doing some printing on Friday. They want to remind you again of our change in time for worship on December the 25th. Our morning service will be moved from 930 to 1030. And uh, we will not have our Bible classes on that Sunday evening. I believe that's all the announcements that I have tonight for our devotional uh, Brother Jeremy Jones is going to be leading our singing, and Brother Rick Warner will dismiss our prayer. We'll dismiss us in prayer.
1: If you would grab a hymnal, we'll sing number 147, I Stand Amazed. We'll sing the first and last
0: verse of that. And if you would stand with me as we sing this, uh, this evening to start us off. I stand amazed. be our song of invitation, 904. Mississippi State's head coach, Mike Leach, passing away was a great shock to me when I first heard the news, and I think it probably was to all of us. And I think there are many reasons why that was the case. Even though we probably didn't personally know him, it was still stunning to us and and hurtful. I think one reason for that was because of his age. He's 61 years old, and he is a big-time college football coach, and it just seems like those kind of things shouldn't happen, should they, uh, to somebody of his statue. I think that's another reason why we were shocked, because of the position that he held. And I can say from my being a fan generally of college football, uh, I've always admired and kind of followed coach Mike Leach from his days at Washington State. Uh, I've always loved his press conferences. I I love the unique things that he had to say and uh, he was just a unique individual. But you know when I think about his passing it did bring to the forefront of my mind and perhaps yours as well about just how uncertain that life here on this earth actually is. The threat of life is so fragile. It easily can be broken. James says that our lives are are like a vapor. They're here for just a little while, and then they vanish away, James 4 and verse 14. The wise men said in Proverbs 27 verse 1, not to boast of tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. And of course, all of us are aware of Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 5, the living know that they shall die we don't know when it's going to be but the time for us to leave this earth one day through death will one day take place that's not to be morbid but it is a physical and a spiritual reality and that's why I believe as we think about an event like this we always need to be prepared to meet God we need to make sure that we're ready. We may think because maybe we're younger, we have a number of years left here upon this earth. We may think that because we are in fairly good health right now that you know there's plenty of time later for that kind of thing. But I wanna challenge you tonight, especially as we come to a close of another year, think about being prepared to meet God. Think about what that means. And, Maybe it means tonight that some here need to change. You may be here tonight and you've never obeyed the gospel. You're outside of Christ. And that being the case, you're without hope in this world. But Jesus Christ came to die for you on the cross. And the Bible tells us if we believe in him with all of our heart that he's the son of God, John 8 and 24. If we're willing to repent and change our lives, Luke 13, 3 and 5 then we can be immersed in water, baptized into the Lord's death, Romans 6, 3, and 4. And in that act of baptism, the sins of our past are washed away and we will become a new creation. So tonight we sing the song of encouragement. And If you have a need tonight to respond, we ask that you do so now while we stand and sing. You I'm song that we'll sing when our teachers are dismissed.
1: Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to thee, Father, that you've allowed us to assemble again here tonight in midweek service. We pray, Father, that you would be with each one of us tonight uh, as we go to our classes that We will strive to to learn more about Thee, Father, and and be able to apply it to our lives. We pray Thy special blessings, Father, upon the teachers, each one that's, that's teaching tonight. You will be with them, Father, and help them to teach in a way that is pleasing in Thy sight, Father. We ask that You would help each one of them. We pray tonight a special blessing upon those that have been mentioned as being sick, Father. We pray a special blessing to be upon Sister Lynn Baragona. She goes tomorrow to find out about her arm, what they're gonna do. We pray for Sister Patsy Bain, as uh, she's had surgery today. We just pray that you would be with her and help her to have a quick recovery, Father, so that she can get back on her feet and get back to normal. We pray for all those that are listed in our bulletin, Father, and and those that we don't know of, that you just be with them and bless them, Father. We pray, Father, for the leadership of the church here, that you would bless our elders, bless them in a way, Father, that they could always lead us in the direction that that you would have us to go. And help us, Father, Father, as followers that we would do what we need to do, Father, to, to make their jobs easier. Pray for that you'd be with the deacons, Father, be with them as they carry about their duties, that you would be with them and, and help them, Father, in all that you can in, in the duties that they're doing, Father. We pray now for uh, Brother Ken and Brother Doug and Sister Anita and Sister Jody as they labor here with us, that you would bless them and, in a big way, Father. We thank you for everything that you do to do for us. But most of all, we thank you for thy precious son Jesus, who came and died a cruel death on the cross. That through obedience to thy will, Father, that we can have a hope of eternal life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This time we'll sing number two hundred and
0: thirty-eight. You heard the song that I sing. You are the words and the music.
2: Martha Eaton got a, well, she got the report that she's been wanting to hear for years. And that is the bone that they have been so concerned about in her foot and had to work on continually. It has completely healed. Isn't that just wonderful news? So we're just so happy for you, Martha, and it just makes us feel good. Our prayers have been answered in the way we had hoped. Uh, Austin Wentz is John and Gardner's grandson. He's undergoing lots of chemotherapy treatments, but uh, there was a great suggestion. If you would like to send him a Christmas card, encourage him, that that would be a wonderful gesture. Uh, The address is up there if you want to jot that down, or if you want to see me later, I can give that to you. Don Dawson deals with some health issues, keeps him away from us. Uh, Wade Davis is still missing. Carolyn Wilcutt's recovering from her broken bones. Bobby Petty has lung cancer. Kelby Smith isn't well with with Parkinson's and accompanying illnesses. Cody McGee's recovering from foot surgery. Vanessa Williams has leukemia. Eric Fitzsimmons has several blockages. They're trying to uh, free up or restore his health. Uh, Chopper, well chopper has this leg pain and it just kind of moves it started off in his leg it was right leg it was excruciating then it kind of was in both legs now it's more in his left leg he has had several mris Uh, the group in memphis said hey don't come back we cannot find anything wrong so he's going back to his regular doctor on friday with the hope that Maybe they can come up with another plan. But in the meantime, he is just, he is just really dealing with uh, excruciating pain. So let's be praying that uh, they can come up with a strategy that's going to result in his healing. Um, just the other day, he was retrieving the garbage can, and he fell. And now he's injured his left shoulder, and it's kind of stove up. So we just just need to be praying for Chopper and, and pray the Lord will restore his health. Larry Kennedy is a brother-in-law to Becky Johnson and uh, he has a mass in his shoulder and I haven't heard if they've come up with any strategy about that yet. Danny Ramdahl is one of our missionaries in Guyana. He has stage four kidney failure. Uh, Linda She's not just recovering from knee surgery. Today, she was released from the doctor. She is a, well, from physical therapy, okay. Okay, yeah, you can fire him then maybe, I don't know, but uh, we're so glad you've made such good progress and um, that's more prayers answered. Van Roberts has pancreatic cancer. Paul Rawlison has brain cancer. Reed Sparks lost both his legs. Lex Crosson has several health problems. Wynell was here for the Golden Circle um, gathering yesterday, and it was great to see her out, LC, uh, with her. Uh, Dorothy Hester is doing better, but as you see, she has not returned yet. Uh, Joan and Martha's sister, Norma, has been having some health issues of late. Tony Presley has leukemia. Marty Woodruff has cancer. Uh, Diane White had the other eye. Remember a few weeks ago she had eye surgery, now she's had the other one done, so she's recovering from that. Uh, Lynn Barragona, as you heard earlier, she fell on some concrete. Uh, don't Haven't I told you don't fall? Okay, please, please listen. Please, uh, But she fell and now she broke her left arm up just below the shoulder of the joint there. So tomorrow she's going to an orthopedic doctor to determine if, you know, if they need to do anything about it. Uh, it's, it's cracked, I understand. That's what Tommy described it. So maybe, maybe it can heal. I, I don't know. We didn't cover that when I was getting my... Doctor degree. Um, Patsy Bain had total hip replacement surgery in Tupelo today, and she's expected to come home tomorrow if everything goes well. Eli Johnson, who is a nephew of Martha and Joan, he's a high school senior. He is a junior. Uh, he has stage four cancer, and uh, it's, uh, that indicates it's very bad. Uh, he was at uh, St. Jude's. I think they're going to do a round of chemo and send him home. So please remember this family in your prayers. Uh, Maddie's son's funeral is going to be at the Ripley Funeral Home, Friday visitation from five until eight. PM. Uh, the funeral is going to be on Saturday at 2 p.m. I think there's going to be a visitation on Saturday from about 10 until the start of the funeral. So uh, remember Maddie in your prayers. And then Cassie Stewart, you know, she broke her shoulder or elbow and she was in a cast. They took the cast off, but she's still enduring quite a bit of pain from that. So let's remember her in our prayers, too. Okay, do you have anybody else that you would like to add to our list?
0: Ashley Owens is recovering from surgery on Monday.
3: Okay. Anybody else?
2: Okay, let's... Let's pray about these folks, and we'll hope good things for them, as as we've noted others here who've done great. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for your blessings today, and thank you for the opportunity we have to be together and study and fellowship and just enjoy our time together. As we normally begin our time, we... We think about those who are struggling and uh, we've talked about people that we know of who are sick and uh, who are suffering and we just we just beg you father that these circumstances could change or certainly be made better we pray father for uh, irene baker and her family that they'll have good days together we're rejoicing that martha eaton's doing so well with her foot. Glad to hear uh, the doctor's remarks about her progress. And we just pray uh, in the end that she'll be free from this pain too, that all will be well with her. But we just, we're, we're thankful for her progress. We pray for Austin Wentz who undergoes a lot of illness in, in response to the treatment that he's gotten. And we just pray you'll uh, bear him up And help him to endure this. And we pray that all of this is going to be worth it uh, as he nears the end of his treatments. We pray for Don Dawson, that he'll be well and be back with us. We pray for the Wade Davis family. And we just pray for their comfort. We ask your blessings on Carolyn, that she's progressing well enough to be back with us soon. We pray for Bobby Petty, who has cancer. Bless Kelby Smith with good days. Bless Cody McGee that his foot will, will recover and that he can get back to work. Bless Vanessa Williams in her battle with leukemia. We pray for Eric Fitzsimmons that he can have a treatment that's going to rid his body of the, the problems he's experiencing with blockages. We Lord, we just we pray. We supplicate we beg you that you will give chopper relief from the physical struggles that he's having we pray that this appointment is at least going to um, lead to something that's going to result in him getting better and being free of excruciating pain we pray for Larry Kennedy that he'll get the treatment he needs for A shoulder problem bless Danny Ramdahl that he can get the treatment he needs for his kidney we're thankful that Linda is doing so much better that she has been able to get through her physical therapy and we just pray Lord you'll bless her and her continued recovery bless Van Roberts who has pancreatic cancer we pray for Paul Rolison who has brain cancer we pray your blessings on Reed Sparks, who's lost both of his legs. We pray for Lex Crosson, who has a lot of health issues. We're thankful that Wynell has been feeling better of late, and we pray that she, too, can have a full recovery, and both she and Elsie can be back with us soon. Pray for Dorothy Hester, that she'll feel well and, and be back. We pray for Norma and her health, and... Be with Joan and Martha and uh, their families as they try to offer her support and encouragement. Pray for Tony Presley and his battle with leukemia. Bless Marty Woodruff, who has cancer. We're thankful for the technology that made it possible for Diane to have surgery on her eyes and to restore a clear sight. We pray this latest surgery is as successful as the first and that she'll be back with us real soon. We pray blessings on Lynn Barragona as she awaits news about exactly how they're going to treat her arm. But I know she's enduring a good deal of pain right now, and we pray that she can find some comfort. And we pray for her visit with the doctor tomorrow, that it will result in some good news. We pray for Patsy Bain as she's had surgery today. We pray it was a complete success. We pray for Eli Johnson and just for his comfort and encouragement. We pray for his family and the anxiety and stress they must be enduring. But we just pray, Lord, that you'll give them a hopeful spirit. We pray for Maddie as she is laying her son to rest here in a couple days. And I know she's been enduring a lot of... Sorrow and grief and we just pray that you'll comfort her and I thank you for her family and friends that do offer close support to her pray for Cassie Stewart that she also can find some relief from the pain that she's experiencing and that she'll do well with maybe some therapy and we pray for Ashley Owens who is recovering from surgery Lord we pray that you'll Bless us now as we're studying together your word, and just help us as members of your church to appreciate just how special the church is, and of all the avenues through which we can address you and honor and praise you. Thank you for hearing our prayer, Lord, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Can you hardly wait for that day when you're not gonna have to have any pain anymore? How many times did I say pain? So many of our folks are just languishing in pain. Okay, so tonight we're gonna continue looking at some things that are very distinctive about the Lord's church. We start off with, I think, uh, two of the more significant items. Uh, One was the Lord's Supper. And the other was our singing and worship to God and praising Him. Both avenues are means by which we express ourselves from the heart. And whether it's the sentimental expression of our remembrance of the death of Jesus, or whether it is praising God in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, all of those I see as vehicles for spiritual expression. Is very different from what you find in the Old Testament scriptures that were very much physical based. These are things while the process of it may originate in physical things like literally actually partaking of Lord's Supper items or literally and actually singing words, yet the expression to God that we're involving ourselves in Those are just vehicles through which our spirit is able to magnify God. Not just a rote thing, not just some thing that we walk through, but we are are spiritually involved in carrying something to God. Uh, Tonight, we're going to continue that. There are five of these things that we will note that are uh, significant in the activities of the church. The next thing that we're going to look at is prayer. And if you don't mind... Hollywood, let's start in Acts chapter two and verse 42. Acts chapter two, verse 42.
1: And they, con- and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers.
2: Okay, pretty, pretty famous text, right? You've heard that probably mentioned lots of times. Don't miss that first part. They continued. Now, what does it mean to continue in something? Okay, it's, an act, it's active. If you're continuing something, that means that it began and we know when it began, right? Within this context, when did all this begin? The day of Pentecost, which we found out was actually what day of the week? First day of the week or Sunday. So they continued and then notice this. So they're continuing it, but they're continuing it steadfastly, what does that mean? Okay, no slack, no let up and it is It is in a continuing fashion, right? It wasn't just like we started this today, big, big day, big event, and then we're going to drop off and hey, uh, whenever we have another one, we'll let you know. That's not what this says. This says that they continued steadfastly in it. So it's something that was looked upon. It was something that they were engaged in, in a regular fashion. So they continued steadfastly the Apostles' Doctrine, Fellowship, Breaking of Bread, and in what? Prayers. And in prayers. So from the very beginning, we find the church involved in prayer. Have you ever heard of prayer before in the Scriptures? <laughs> yeah. Prayer is, prayer is a very common uh, activity taking place in the Old Testament Scriptures. And in, in, Absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, we, we could spend a, a lot of time just looking at scriptures. Uh, one time I did a series of lessons that just looked at the prayers of the Old Testament scripture. And guess what? You could go through every single book and whether or not there is a recorded prayer or not, essentially prayer is what activity. What are you doing when you're praying? You're communing with God. You're speaking to God. You are speaking. You're being carried to the throne of God. So we, we with a spirit and a dedication to the Lord, have approached his presence. Uh, when Jesus offered up his prayer, how did he start it? Our Father in heaven hallowed be your name. What is the disposition that we take when we approach God in prayer? It is not a casual thing at all, right? We are very serious. We are humbled in his presence. We are are reverencing God. We're recognizing him for who he is. I know a lot of people wanna bring down God like he's on our level, like he's just our pal. That is not who God is. God is the creator of the universe who can speak a word and bring it into existence. Now, through Jesus, we learn how to commune. We have fellowship. In fact, Jesus, as kind of the the mediator between God and us, says, I am your what? I am your friend. So we make our relationship with Jesus so that we then, with Jesus as the Son of God, can approach this holy God. Now, here's the thing about prayer. <clears throat> we talk about prayer, say, well, okay, yeah, they, they continued steadfastly. And then their very last thing in the verse, we find out they're praying. Uh, question, uh, we only pray when we come together for a corporate worship service? No. Uh, would you read this text for us?
1: Pray without ceasing. <laughs>
2: okay. Yeah, Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 is one of those great memory verses that you can uh, do. Pray without ceasing, period. Pray. Now, he starts off about the idea of rejoicing, and he finishes off following that with the idea of thanksgiving. And absolutely right, yes, all those things ought to be a part of our prayer life, yes. We supplicate, we offer thanks, we praise God. But don't forget this one simple statement, pray without ceasing. Or you could have just said, pray, 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 and pray some more. Okay, so Ken, text says, I pray without ceasing. I'll tell you what, it's going to be tough when I get out here on the highway and I got my eyes closed driving down the road praying because I'm trying to pray always. Is that what he's talking about? No, but remember, remember, we're talking about prayer as a vehicle that carries what for us? Our spiritual intent. Yes. Can I pray with my eyes open? Nod your head this way. Yes, I can. Can I pray driving down the road? Yes, I can. Uh, Can I pray standing up? Yes. Can I pray sitting down? Can I pray lying on my face? Can I pray sobbing with my face and my pillow on the bed? Yes. In fact, you, you're raising your hand. No
0: prayer ever said when he to fell in the well one night. He's <laughs> upside okay, down. That would do. it.
2: <laughs> yeah. If you're out coon hooning, you fall in the well and you're upside down. You're going to pray a pretty fervent prayer. Um, pray without ceasing indicates something about my attitude, right? Now, I've told you before, I tend to reveal things about myself in sermons or whatnot to illustrate, but I owned up that there was a point in my life where I had to be really motivated to stop and pray, right? And so I'd set it for 10, like that. So when I got to the time, I knew I needed to pray. But here's the thing. It isn't just setting a time to be deliberate in our prayer. Our heart or our spirit ought to always be of what disposition? That I am in communication with God. Yes. In fact, uh, go talk to your military and ask them what is the most important aspect of what you do. They're probably not going to talk about their technology or their equipment. They're going to talk about the importance of communicating, of staying in touch. They even develop symbols and uh, ships will fly flags. We've got all this electronic equipment, but what we want to make sure is that through several different avenues, if one fails, we'll still be able to communicate. And so whether it is a deliberate petition as, as we would have here, where one person is leading all of our minds so that we approach God in one mind and one spirit, or whether it is in the passion of a moment you've fallen on your face and you are, you are supplicating before God, or whether it is that you are just living a life in continuing contact with the Lord. Prayer is an essential Avenue of spiritual expression to God. Now this next text that I'm giving you from 1 Timothy chapter two, verse eight tells us what?
1: I desire therefore that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting.
2: Okay, there are several things in here that we could talk about. But the one thing that I wanted to emphasize is that he said that those men who are praying ought to be praying Where? where? Where is it that we'll do it? Everywhere. What does everywhere mean to you? It means everywhere. Wherever it is that you are, you are there. Yes. And so where is an appropriate place to pray? Anywhere. Wherever it is that you are. And then when you throw in 1 Thessalonians five seventeen, it's not just wherever you are, it's it's whenever you are, right? Whenever or wherever you are, we ought to have a spirit or a disposition of prayer. You say, well, Ken, you know what? I, I, what are you saying? I need to start off, uh, you know, every few seconds saying, dear Lord, this and then amen. And then no, it is a heart that's in communication with God. Yes. Can we not do that? Go into your. Yeah. Go into your secret place and your father who is where? He's even in the secret place. He's going to hear that prayer or that petition that you are offering. So, so make, it, make, it, make it your life's inclination to be in a prayerful spirit in communion and fellowship with the Lord. Okay, the next thing I wanna talk about is teaching. All right, let's go now to Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. How did that thing begin now? They were going to continue steadfastly what? In the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking bread, and in prayers. The apostles' doctrine. What, what is that, the apostles' doctrine? Okay, the apostles' doctrine. Let's just say D-O-C-T to save you from reading my stuff. Okay, where did the apostles get what they've got? You remember? John 14, 26. John 16, 13. Remember what Jesus said? He said he was going to give them how much? Either by remembrance or by by sharing things with them. All. A-L-L. Now, how much does that leave out? (laughs) Zero. Now, I want you to throw in with that Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. Will you read that text for us? You might have heard this one before, but I want you to notice something about it. Okay, so they were teaching the apostles doctrine. We know that the apostles got what they had by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Hold on one
1: second. I'm in the wrong
2: place. Okay.
1: Me somewhere where I wouldn't want to be. Acts 18. You said, Matt, did you say? I
3: said Matthew, Matthew 28, Matthew, 18 to 20.
1: I, I was where I needed to be. Anyway.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: Well, if it says all authority has been given to me in heaven and on no earth, exception. go therefore and make no. disciples of all nations, no. baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to deserve all things I have commanded you, along with you always, even to the end of the age. There it is. Okay, so that's okay. Um, you can be looking at some of these. <laughs> okay, so we typically tap this text to talk about, take the gospel to the whole world. Okay, so great. We're going to make these disciples. They will have obeyed the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus by baptism. Now, what's the next thing that they're going to do? They're going to teach them to observe. Wait, how many things? All things that I've commanded you. Okay, stop right there. What is it that had been revealed to them? All things about Jesus. So... All that the apostles had, then they were going to communicate to who? The people that became disciples. Yes. Now here on this text, we have people who are obeying the gospel on the day of Pentecost. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What were the apostles spending time teaching them? Everything. Teaching them everything. Okay. Now, Galatians chapter one, verses 11 and 12, this is the apostle Paul who's being questioned eventually about, hey, wait a minute, where did you get this gospel that you're preaching? And what did he have to say about that?
1: And I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ.
2: Okay, so where did Paul get his message? Revelation of Jesus Christ. The other apostles got theirs from Jesus Christ. What were they receiving by the Holy Spirit? The revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes, so what Paul was preaching, was it the same or different from what Peter had? Exactly the same. We've already examined that story now, Peter, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 and following, he says what about what he was preaching in the message that he had received?
1: For we did not follow cunning, devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father and the glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do. How far do you want me
2: to go? Yeah, keep going. Verse 21.
1: Okay. And to which, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed. as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit.
2: Okay, no prophecy is of any private interpretation. He's not saying that we don't read scripture and interpret what it means. Of course we do that. You read it and you have to understand it. That's interpreting. But what he is saying is we didn't take the message of God and say, hmm, That's too hard for people. Here's what we'll tell them. Peter says, "Uh uh-uh, no, we didn't do that. We just simply delivered what we received. But also what we did was we were witnesses that Jesus was actually the fulfillment of those scriptures. So we are both eyewitnesses of his majesty. We heard the voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And we simply speak what the Holy Spirit empowers us to speak. So Paul said that, Peter said that, all of the apostles empowered by the Holy Spirit when they gave their message were sharing with their disciples all that they had. Well, do we have any apostles today preaching to us? It's a trick question. (laughs) Uh, Yes and no, there are no living apostles today, but... What is it that you do have that is from the apostles? The word of God. You carry it around in your hands. What they wrote was inspired of God. And all scripture that's given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God makes that possible. Now, with that word of God... Guess what we have? We have a mission. Romans chapter 15 and verse 16. What does that text say?
1: That I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit.
2: Okay, you hear what Paul says? Paul says that what I'm given was sanctified, made holy by the Holy Spirit. So what I'm given Is the same thing that everybody was given. But he's making an argument for the Gentiles because what did the Jews think about them coming, or what did Jewish Christians think about them coming into the church? Yeah, they, they didn't even want to associate with them. Or they had a hard time thinking, wait a minute, I grew up in Judaism, then I became a Christian, maybe those Gentiles ought to have to do the same. Paul says, whoops, no. The message that I've received is a direct message for what group of people? The Gentiles. And that message that I'm preaching to them is sanctified by the Holy Spirit, made holy by the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that was giving the message of the gospel to the Jews is the same Holy Spirit that was given the message of the gospel to the Gentiles. And then, as you know, is this, this is pretty heavy in the book of Galatians and Ephesians. The two become what? The two who once were separated now have become one body in Christ. One body. That's beautiful, isn't it? But all of that is made possible through teaching, through the preaching of the gospel. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19.
1: Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation.
2: Okay, the ministry of reconciliation is bringing people who were separated from God because of their sin into what? Into a relationship reconciled with God made possible through the blood of Jesus. And how does he say that takes place? Is through the communicating of the, the gospel or the, or the word, right? So is, is the word of God important? Is that something we can just leave behind or set on the shelf and not pay any attention to? That word of God is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also, what's that now in, in our little picture here? Also for the Greek Because in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, I will remind you of something that Jesus said, and that's uh, quoted there in John chapter six and verse forty five. This is this is way back. Jesus is setting them up and saying, here's how it's going to be. And what did he say?
1: It is written in the prophets and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me.
2: How do you get to Jesus? You hear and you learn. You get to Jesus by hearing and learning. You don't get to to Jesus by just something happening to you, just had an experience. That, that That is not how this works. We hear the word of God, we listen to it, we've learned it, and then we make the application of it. Jesus said, those are the ones who are coming to me, those who have been taught by God. How did God do it? Well, send his Holy Spirit to inspire these writers to communicate not just some of what Jesus had to say or some to this group and then some other to this group, but all of it. And then by means of the written word, that word has come down to us. And, you know, people talk about, boy, it'd be great if we had The uh, miraculous abilities, blah, blah, blah. Listen, how far did those miraculous abilities go in terms of prophecy and the revealing of the will of God? To its fullness, to its fullness, okay? How much were they communicating? Question, full or not full? Full, all of it, yes? So if they were communicating all of it and pinned it, then how much do we lack? Not any of it. So if we have it, in our hands, think about this. Our time is better than any any time because if you wanted to hear from an apostle in the first century, how were you going to do it? <laughs> you had, had to be in their presence, did you not? And there were, okay, so there are 12 and then there's the apostle Paul who singularly took on the entire Gentile world. Um, likely you're not going to get much. Now you can carry around how much of it? Absolutely all of it. Wow. What a great time. Yes. You don't need miraculous abilities when you possess the power to save, which is the gospel. And then the fifth of the things that we're looking at is giving. The most famous of those texts is 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. Read that for us, please. Luther's
1: quote.
2: Do what?
1: I said Luther's quoting
2: it. Yeah, he does that. I just have to sit here and listen to it the whole time.
1: <laughs> now, concerning the collection of the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may, as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come.
2: Okay, so they were doing this on what day? First day, why would they do it then? Well, they were continuing steadfastly. And uh, we know in in the beginning they were meeting when practically every day, but they always met when on the first day of the week. Because you could know, Paul could know in Acts chapter 20 at verse seven, he's going to meet with those Christians on the first day of the week because that's when they always meet. He even waited all week so they weren't meeting every day, but they always met on the first day of the week so he could match up with them. That's what Paul was doing. He was teaching the same thing everywhere he went. First Corinthians chapter four, verse 17. The Lord's day. Yeah. Why would we call it the Lord's day? <laughs> That's when we do it. That's, It's his, right? That's when we meet. That's his day. Okay. Um, okay. So. They're giving for a particular cause. You know, we're going to carry the money back to Jerusalem, help those who are suffering. Great. It's wonderful to have a project. But if you're going to set yourself to help, what do you have to first have committed to the thing? And this gets back to the spiritual aspect, the vehicle through which we're communicating ourselves spiritually. What has to be on board first? Self, me. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 1 to 5.
1: but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God.
2: Okay, so here's the thing. If you've given yourself to the Lord first, how much of what you have or you are is the Lord's? What have you given him? There's that little word again, all. So if I've given it all, and then the Lord has, he says the Lord has bestowed this grace on them. Even though they're in this destitute poverty, what are they able to do by the grace of God? Give, give, give. In fact, they're able to give what was beyond even their ability to give. Wow. So there is normalcy, but they were going over because who was was making the supply? God was. If we could just trust that God is going to supply it, then how would we think, small or big? Big. We should think big, shouldn't we? In fact, we should think bigger than big, over the top. Yes or no? Yes, because we are confident that if this is the will of God, who's going to supply it? God will. How much does God own? I believe it. Do you believe that? I was in a foreign country one time and we were driving along and the man that I was with, Robert Martin we glance over to the right and out here in this place of abject poverty, there is a mansion, a monstrous building. I don't have anybody had the money to build something like that, especially in that country. And you know what Robert said? Robert said, that's my father's house right there. And I said, "What? what are you talking about? He said, that's my father's house. I said, okay, whatever. And then later he explained, everything's God's, that's God's too. I don't care who thinks they own it. You know what will happen to them one day? They will perish. They will go the way of all the earth. But who owns everything? God does. God owns everything. He made everything. Just grab a glimpse of that and hang on to that for a few minutes, right? If he owns it all, he can supply every need, which is a continual theme throughout the scriptures. If God can do that, then the problem of not accomplishing things really falls on us. We just don't ever think big enough. We got to think big. Uh, and then 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 to 8.
1: But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap
2: sparingly. Wait, see that? See what I just told you? And didn't he just say that? If you think small, what? You only plant a, you only plant a few seeds, Luther, what happens? You only get a few. But well, what else could happen?
1: And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully.
2: If I sow a bunch, what will I get? I'll reap a bunch.
1: So let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves that cheerful giver, forgiver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work.
2: Whoa, wait a minute. If there is a good work, where will the supply come in order to finance it? From us. Do you see what he's insinuating by the idea of the sowing and the the reaping business? He says, okay, you know the principle, if you sow a little, you only get a little. If you sow a lot, you get a lot. That's you, he says. So what you should be doing is setting your mind and your heart to give a lot. Because when you give a lot, what was the last part of that? What will God do? He will supply what? For every good work. For every good work. How in the world are we going to? God will supply for every good work. Do you believe that? Seven of you do. I believe it. Absolutely believe it. You think big. Because how big does God think? Listen, God, huge. God thought a uh, world. Boom. <laughs> you know, uh, not just this uh, outer reaches of space. And wow. Well, people are creeping in here. Oh, it's eight o'clock. Okay. We have finished. Those are the, those are the five defining, unique characteristics of the worship of the church. Next time. We'll talk some about the relationships that existed there in the first century. And let me give you a little bit of homework. If you will read from Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to the end of the chapter, verse 37. I just want, to, want you to see how beautiful the relations were between members of the church and what they were able to do for one another. Let's have a prayer together and then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for the time that we could spend looking at these scriptures and being encouraged and Lord, fire us up with what we see. These are just, these are just records of things that the first century church was able to do. Just having confidence in you. Help us in this time to have that very same confidence and knowing that if you are with us. There isn't anything that can stand against us. You will give us success if we are doing your will. Help us to think big in the accomplishment of your word, and your will in our time to spread the gospel to the whole world. In Jesus name. Amen.